Welcome to the Right Take Podcast, news, ideas, and conversations at the intersection of politics and culture, a project of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. I will be your host, Mark Tapson. Greetings and welcome back to the Right Take Podcast. I am your host, Mark Tapson. I hope those of you who celebrate Christmas had a very merry one and that Santa brought you everything you wanted. I also hope you didn't forget the real reason for the season, which is celebrating the birth of Christ. If you keep up with my writing at Front Page Mag or on my Substack page, then you may recall that last week I published an article at FrontPageMag.com called Smashing False Idols. It was about the recent controversy involving a Christian conservative man who tore down a display at the Iowa State Capitol building erected by the Iowa chapter of the Satanic Temple, which is an international organization that sort of bills itself as a religion for people who don't like traditional religion. That Christian conservative, Michael Cassidy, felt compelled to strike back against the anti-Christian mockery of the exhibit, which was displayed near a nativity scene displayed for Christmas time, of course. And he was also compelled to strike a literal and symbolic blow against a shrine that was erected right there in the state capitol building in honor of the ultimate symbol of evil, Satan. So he pushed the goat-headed pentagram-adorned display to the floor, after which he turned himself into the security there at the building, who called the police, and he was ultimately charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief, although there very likely are other charges to follow, because unlike the communist rioters and looters of Black Lives Matter and the anarchic thugs of Antifa, as a white Christian male, Michael Cassidy has no privilege to break the law. And the satanic temple and the cancel culture leftists who support its demonic mission will certainly take this opportunity to make an example of Michael Cassidy by trying to destroy him personally, because that's what cancel culture is all about, the personal destruction of anyone who dares stand up against the social justice mob. Anyway, Michael Cassidy quickly made headlines after that, even though, as I have learned, he is a humble guy whose intention was not to draw attention to himself, but to follow his conscience and take a stand for his Christian faith. I remind you of all this because in today's episode of The Right Take, Michael Cassidy will be coming up momentarily as my guest, and I'll speak with him about this controversy and why he felt compelled to take dramatic action against the forces of evil that predominate in our culture. So please stay with us here at the intersection of politics and culture. You don't want to miss this interview. And don't forget to subscribe to The Right Take so you don't miss any of the other important conversations we are having here. And remember, if you like what you hear, please leave a good review. Don't touch that dial. My guest today at the intersection of politics and culture is Michael Cassidy, the man at the center of the controversy over the tearing down of the Satanic Temple exhibit at the Iowa State Capitol building a couple of weeks ago. He's from Maryland, but a Mississippi citizen now former Navy pilot and flight instructor, still flies for the Navy Reserves, as I understand it, and a former congressional candidate in Mississippi. Michael, welcome to the Right Take podcast. Mark, thanks for having me on. How about if we begin with you giving us just some backstory about yourself, who you are, uh, your military experience, and what led you into that, what inspired you to get into politics, all that stuff. Sure. So, 
like you said, I, I was born uh, in Maryland, in Annapolis, and I moved to Virginia when I was 10. So it's kind of, you know, half Virginia, half Maryland. I generally say I'm from Virginia, but I was born in Annapolis, Maryland. And, you know, I grew up um, just outside the Naval Academy, uh, a couple miles away. And we would go and we'd watch the Blue Angels every year because um, one of my uh, elementary school friends, he had a house uh, that overlooked the Severn River. And so every year, you know, the Blue Angels, they come in for the Naval Academy commencement. And we uh, and yeah, and we would take we take the afternoon off <laughs> or the morning off, whatever it was. And we'd go sit out on his lawn uh, and, and watch the Blues. And so I always had in the back of my head, you know, flying jets, pretty cool. So then we moved to Virginia and in high school, um, when I was a freshman, 9-11 happened. And it was, uh, it, it had just like for, you know, uh, millions of Americans, um, it had a profound impact on me. And the big thing that it had, uh, in a long-term impact is that it, kindled a desire to be in the, in the military. Cause I, I didn't really have any, uh, up until that point. Um, and so then I got to, uh, to high school, uh, or the end of high school, beginning of college. And I'm thinking, you know, all right, I want to do the military. What's the, uh, what's the coolest thing you can do? And I thought, well, you know, being a, a Navy pilot would be pretty cool. So, uh, I applied to the uh, the Navy ROTC um, at Virginia Tech, and uh, and went there. And then my senior year, I was fortunate enough to get picked up um, for a pilot slot. So then, after graduation, went down to Pensacola, Florida, where all student uh, Navy pilots go for their initial uh, training. And then uh, from there kind of went uh, a few different places, including Mississippi, uh, ironically enough, and then uh, to Virginia Beach, uh, fortunate again to be able to fly the F-18 Hornet for uh, about four years, and then got uh, orders to come back to Mississippi to be an instructor pilot in, it's the T-45 Goshawk, which is a, a single engine trainer jet, and it, it lands on the aircraft carrier. Um, it's what it, it's the, the next step, it's the, the last step before we set, we send pilots into the F-35 or the F-18 or a couple other, uh, platforms. So, um, that was kind of the background for me, uh, with military. I got off active duty. I mean, about three years ago, it was the end of 2020. Um, and then I've been in the Navy reserves ever since, uh, with that same job as a, uh, and instructor pilot in the reserves. And then my day job is to be a maintenance test pilot on the exact same plane uh, on the Navy base. So when you, uh, when the maintainers, you know, they, they swap out an engine uh, or they do a bunch of work on the rudders or the hydraulic system, something, it just depends uh, if there's uh, significant maintenance work, I'll put it that way. Uh, then the, they do all of their checks on ground, uh, and they're very good at their job. Very good, very proficient. Um, and then I'm the, the Guinea pig that goes up, uh, and you know, I'm the guy who signs off the jet as, Hey, uh, the checks, uh, passed airborne, uh, and it's good for, uh, good for the Navy to fly again. So that's, uh, that's kind of a summary about me. Great. Well, you're right about uh, being a fighter pilot being pretty cool. That was a good choice. 
what about uh, politics? How did you yeah? How did you uh, make the start making the foray into that? The I mean, so that was a couple of years ago that I made the decision, uh, and I um, I ran for Congress locally. Uh, wasn't a fan of you know the way things were going um, in our country, and decided to run. Um, but I just want one thing to to be clear because I've seen it. The first time I saw it was on CNN when they were interviewing that Satanist, um, the head of the, I think the head of the Iowa temple or the, the national satanic temple. I don't really know. Uh, and he said that, uh, I'm running for office and I am, uh, I am not a, an active candidate, but yes, it is true that I've run for office in the past. I want to make that very uh, clear and distinct. And are you planning to go into politics again? Are you thinking about making another congressional run or, or some other <clears throat> stab at politics? I, I have no plans to run uh, right now. The, if you were, if you were to put a uh, piece of paper in front of me that to sign, uh, to turn in as the, and you said the, Hey, the filing deadlines today, uh, would I turn in that piece of paper? And the answer is no. I totally get that. I have no interest in politics myself. Um, but I'm glad that there are some people who do. That's that's not a fight I want to get into. Um, well, tell us what happened on the day that you. It's uh, it's a different kind of fight. Oh, you definitely. Um, tell us what happened that day that you took down the Satanic Temple display. You you're from Mississippi, and this was in the Iowa State Capitol. What were, what were you doing there, or how did you end up there? Uh, I bought a plane ticket on Wednesday, uh, flew up there Wednesday night. Uh, I'd seen the statue uh, on social media or the news. I, I can't remember exactly. It's probably a combination of the two. Um, and saw it on Saturday or Sunday. Um, not happy about it, as I would hope most people <laughs> would be unhappy about seeing a satanic statue uh, in the Capitol. I've since learned that, you know, not everybody's unhappy about having satanic icons and capitals, but uh, that's a, you know, a, a separate issue, but also one that really I, seeing that I really want people to have awareness Christians out there that, you know, things that seem so basic to us, a, that Satan is evil and should not be praised that we shouldn't give any forum uh, in our government buildings for the father of evil. Uh, that's something that, most Christians, I would say, would take for granted. It's something that our grandparents' generation and everyone before them, going back uh, hundreds, if not a couple thousand years, would have uh, agreed on without thought. Um, but, you know, not everybody feels that way, I guess, uh, which is a problem. Anyway, so going back to, my, uh, to me, the, then I saw on Wednesday, you know, the thing was still there. And I thought, <laughs> how is it? I, I couldn't believe it. I thought that somebody would have, it, that it was an oversight or something. So um, I bought the plane ticket, uh, went up to the Capitol. The uh, the movie Field of Dreams was actually p kind of playing in my head as I was touching down uh, or about to touch down in Des Moines that night. Uh, the, the scene where James Earl Jones 
talks about how, you know, people, they'll come to Iowa from all over without knowing exactly why. They'll just get in their cars and they'll go. And it it truly was like that, man. My heart just told me, hey, man, you need to go to Iowa. Uh, prayed on it when I got to the hotel that night. Prayed on it again before I uh, went. Uh, I left and I walked over to the Capitol Thursday morning. Um, got to the Capitol uh, about 8.05, 8.10, something like that. Uh, didn't know what to expect. Uh, didn't know if there were going to be politicians there. I, uh, I saw, uh, I don't know, maybe 200 or so people were there on the day or two days before, apparently. There was a, a bunch of prayer there with some political figures. Uh, there was, um, so I don't know if any of them would be there. I had no idea uh, if there would be protesters, et cetera, um, or, or cops that were there guarding the statue. Uh, which, uh, yeah. And so I, I, uh, found it eventually. I've never been in the Iowa state Capitol before. Um, so I went up some stairs and went around to the, uh, the rotunda. Uh, and then I saw it on the, on the other side of the stairs. Um, and it seen it in person, you know, I, obviously I didn't like it, um, on the, on the computer screen, but, you know, seeing it in person, is some, it, it was different, man. It was a physical manifestation of the evil. Even if the Satanists, if they think that, oh, it's just a, some of them think it's a joke. Some of them, you know, actually they're true believers. Um, there's some of them that are atheists that, that just, again, think it's a big joke and they're trying to make fun of religion. But the, something that uh, to prove the, as an example, to prove the power of it, um, that the, part of the hate mail that I got the next day or later that day from somebody in Iowa, a father that he was mad um, at what I had done because he was intending to take his daughter to the state Capitol that day. And his intention was to show her the statue and not show her Satan with a, you know, with uh, Hey, Hey kid, this is, uh, know that there's evil in the world, but a, hey, look how cool this thing is. And what does that say about our culture? That that not only, so you've got the dad who's, whose soul has been poisoned by this, but it's having that statue there facilitates the poisoning of that little girl. And that's something that it really just, uh, it's sad. It's sad that, in the the week or so since this has happened, that there have been so many Christians that are, I think, hiding behind legalism arguments of, uh, or certainly I would say, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, misinterpretations of the uh, First Amendment and other statutes. Um, but the I would I would hope that we could unite and say Jesus Christ is good and the devil is evil and they're not the same thing. Having a nativity scene and a statue to the devil are not the same thing. So, um, yeah. So okay, I saw let, it. Let, sorry, Michael. Let let me just let me just interrupt you for a second and and back up because I, I think this is fascinating. Uh, you you saw initially pictures of this exhibit this display uh this shrine whatever you would like to call it you saw it online and you were disturbed enough by it to actually buy a plane ticket and head up there to the iowa state capitol yourself 
Uh, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, but also you, once you got there and you witnessed it in person and you felt the power of this thing, that was something you couldn't really feel just from looking at pictures of it online, but you felt the evil power of this thing and it's physical manifestation there. Uh, I, I think that's the fascinating part of the story. And the thing about it is that it, I mean, it wasn't as if there was a, um, like <laughs> the icon started talking to me or, st- or started, you know, putting, like doing anything else, but it was just a, uh, yeah, it, it's difficult to describe. It's very difficult to describe other than, uh, understanding that this was a bad thing. Um, and so I, uh, so I saw it, um, I took a couple minutes to, you know, kind of gather my thoughts about, uh, about, you know, this new bit of information. Oh, and there was only one person there. There's only one person there. So there's nobody to talk. The only guy who was there, there were certainly a handful of people in the Capitol building, but in terms of, at the moment, there's only one guy that was like staying by the, the icon the whole time. Um, and he, I believe he was Catholic and he, he was praying in both English and Latin. Um, I, I went up to him and I said, Hey brother, I mean, I'm, I'm, Christian. I'm Christian too. Um, and he, he, he wouldn't respond. Um, and then, uh, I, right behind me. So the, you've got the stairs, you've got the icon on one side, you've got the rotunda on the other side, you've got the open entrance or exit, I guess it's, I don't think it's an entrance, uh, but an open exit to uh, the outside. And, you know, I could have, uh, I thought about leaving, certainly thought about that. Um, and then I, you know, the, the answer that came to me was, you know, I don't want when the day that I meet Jesus to, uh, to have had that weakness where I'm more worried about the consequences that could happen. Um, cause I mean, I know that, uh, there, that there are going to be people that are not going to be happy and they're going to be probably some kind of legal consequences, um, that there are all sorts of bad negative things could happen to me. Um, and I, uh, but we we can't be ashamed of the word of God. And that's really what it came down to, that uh, we can't be ashamed. And the world tells us to be ashamed. Um, and uh, and I'm not. I do At least I do my best to not be ashamed. Uh, I'm certainly not perfect. But in that moment, uh, I was not I was not ashamed to uh, to do something to take down this icon of uh, of evil. And now you uh, later told journalists that uh, scripture exhorts us to think and act like Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of people think acting like Jesus means being uh, supremely tolerant and non-judgmental. But Jesus, um, they may remember, (laughs) overturned the tables of the money changers in the Jerusalem temple uh, and ejected those those blasphemers from that holy place. And a state capitol, of course, state capitol building is not a, a holy sacred space, but Still, it was in that vein that you found this um, occupation of that building with the Satanic Temple's exhibit, this this symbol of evil and a cult. You found that to be kind of a perversion of its 
of the building's purpose to serve the public good. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. So after um, I uh, took the, the icon down, um, there were some, you know, candles, some debris that uh, had gotten uh, outside of the rectangle, like maybe a three foot by six foot uh, wooden uh, rectangle that they had to, you know, isolate the statue from the from the the, the rest of the Capitol floor. Um, so I I went over and uh, and picked up all the pieces that had fallen out, put them back inside, put them upright. If you can believe that, the the, the candles. I mean, they're candles, not part of the the you know the statue or the other like satanic tenants or whatever uh, whatever uh, thing that they had up there, but kept it. Uh, inside the um, the rectangle, then again nobody was around. One guy, there there was one other guy who came up after, but I think he was just a tourist, um, and he just kind of stood off to the side and didn't really do anything. And then uh, after uh, afterwards, I it couldn't have taken more than three, four, or five minutes. Um, I left and went back to the security checkpoint. Uh, and they kind of did a double take, uh, didn't know what to, like, hey, weren't you just here? And, uh, and I said, yeah, hey, you know that icon up there? Well, uh, I, t- I just took it down. Uh, I'm turning myself in. And so they, uh, they weren't uh, state police, so they called the state police. They, it, took, it took them a couple minutes. They got over there um, and answer the questions, uh, that they had. They talked to higher ups about, Hey, uh, what do we do next? And, uh, while we just waited there, um, and I'm not sure who made the decision, but eventually they made the decision to, uh, let me go. And they said they'd call me or send me a certified mail if any charges ended up developing. And of course, 10 to 15 minutes later, they called me and they said, Hey, uh, we've got this citation for you. Can you come uh, can you come back to the Capitol complex? And of course, I uh, I, I walked right back. <laughs> yeah, you knew you were taking an action that would have serious consequences, uh, and so you you voluntarily turned yourself in right away to the security. Uh, and uh, as I understand it. Um, you, your citation was for fourth degree criminal mischief. Is that right? That's correct. That is the that is the citation I received. And where do things stand for you now legally? The as of now, that is the only charge that has been filed. There are still other. Uh, I've been told that there are pending. Uh, investigations, I'll put it that way, uh, that could result in more uh, legal needs, uh, which is uh, undetermined at the moment. We, the, we've we got the initial arraignment in a week, but I believe that my lawyer, we just got a lawyer in Iowa, um, and me and my lawyer up uh, from a previous legal relationship, uh, we got one in Iowa, and she uh, is... Uh, she may be able to enter the plea uh, instead of me having to go there, but it's, uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of my skis. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the lawyer. So uh, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I understand a GoFundMe page 
uh, was set up to help with the costs of your legal defense. Is that is that still a thing? And how can people help with your defense? It is the so if I'm sure you can uh, believe it, but Thursday was a pretty busy day for me, <laughs> uh, let alone, you know, getting back on a plane and having a connection. So and everybody uh, reaching out and talking to me and me talking to other people. And, um, and uh, my lawyer notified me that somebody had set up uh, the Sentinel. They'd set up a, uh, a GoFundMe um, or a Give, Send, Go, excuse me, Give, Send, Go, not GoFundMe, Give, Send, Go. Um, and they, they put, you know, $20,000 as the, um, as the, uh, the amount of money and, uh, it started and somebody sent me a text saying, Hey, I just saw this thing. I missed a call from my lawyer, probably about this. Uh, and he, uh, I think I did anyways, I'm like, Hey, and I called him, Hey, is, is this legit? And he said, yeah, man, it's legit. We just set it up. Um, I said, okay, cool. So then I posted it out on X, uh, and then I think a a few other accounts, uh, picked it up and the, uh, a few other accounts picked it up and within like two hours, we'd made 20,000 or 23,000 bucks. And so I, I called the lawyer. I said, Hey man, shut it down. I don't know what to do with this money. Um, and so then we left it off. We left it off the rest of the night. Uh, and then the next morning when, uh, after discussion of the other investigation that had, uh, begun their initial steps, that it was more prudent to reopen the fund. Um, that fund is, uh, I have no control over it. Uh, it is for other than, like, I'm not getting any of the money. The money goes to legal counsel for now. Any and all money that is left over will go to some kind of Christian uh, defense fund for somebody like in my, or defense funds for somebody in my situation. Uh, I have, I guess, fortunately not uh, had the, you know, been in much legal <laughs> problems before uh, or had to deal with, uh, you know, this kind of thing. So I'm not that familiar with, um, what funds would, are good, but you know, that's something for, that's something for the future. But again, all of those, uh, funds are going to go, uh, will never go through my hands at all, but will go to uh, a deserving, again, Christian legal defense fund. If there's any left over, hopefully there's a lot left over. <laughs> yeah. There seem to be mixed reactions among some conservatives about your protests. Some like the Republican governor of Iowa feel that the best reaction to free speech that we don't like is more free speech, not the kind of direct protest that you engaged in by tearing down that idol. What do you say to your critics on the right about that? I think it is a mistake to equate a nativity scene with an altar to the devil and that I think we can. I, I think we can all agree that the devil is evil, and the dev, the devil should not be praised. And the it's a sort of I don't know creeping moral relativism where people say, "Oh, well, it's just you know, it's an icon. We have one icon here. If as long as these other people make uh, fill out the forms on the on the government website and the bureaucrats check the correct box, well, then they're you know, it's it's kind of 
washed clean of all its evil through uh, through bureaucratic forms. Uh, an example that I gave that, uh, again, I was surprised to see some of the responses, but if there was, because the Satanists, some of them, this is a joke to them. They're not actually worshiping the devil. Uh, but if there was another joke group or if the Satanic Temple decided for next year that, you know, you know, we really actually, we worship Osama bin Laden or we worship ISIS, then, and they fill out the correct bureaucratic forms, then should there be a six foot eight statue to Osama bin Laden um, with, you know, planes and World Trade Centers and the Pentagon uh, displayed in the Iowa Capitol next to a nativity scene? Is that good or is that bad? And when people when people start saying, "Oh, well, it's the same thing, and it's better that we that we you know we just accept everybody," that's you know there's people need to take a step back and reassess their belief system if they can't oppose the devil. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, let me read you a quote, if I could, from a writer that I like named Rod Dreer, who wrote at some length on his Substack page about this whole issue. And uh, let me get your reaction to what he said. It's kind of it's a little bit of a lengthy quote. He says, "The abstractions of liberal, sorry, the abstractions of liberalism must reach a limit at some point. And the construction of a statue honoring Satan crosses a line that I think none of us should be willing to cross." I believe, of course, that Satan is real and that there are and will be real-world effects to honoring him in this way. If Christians believe that Satan exists, then you would no more tolerate that vile effigy in the legislature than you would tolerate a statue paying homage to Adolf Hitler. Michael Cassidy understands that the spiritual power of that evil statue is real and that there are higher obligations on the Christian than are allowed for under liberalism's rules. Uh, that was Rod Dreher talking about your your situation. What are your thoughts about his take on that? Well, I've, at first, you know, listening to it, uh, it it sounds pretty similar to how I feel that we have to uh, we have to be able to say that bad things are bad. Uh, the it it really can be that simple. We don't have to you know uh, tie ourselves in knots to you know, get to a, an answer that we think that the world is going to, uh, be happy with as opposed to the answer that Christ commands us, uh, to, you know, to have. And one, one thing, uh, I saw it somewhere and I think it's a good, uh, it's a good quote that I think some of the people I'm certainly, I, I'm any, any of the things that I say, I'm not about other people that are opponents I hope people don't take them as blanket blanket statements because this is it's there's a lot of different viewpoints, um, but I know that often it feels that people want to be on the right the so called right side of history when really we should be more concerned about being on the right side of eternity and the. Oh, very good. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't come up with it to be clear, but I, it's very, it's, uh, it's good. And the, uh, yeah, the world and Jesus tells uh, tells Christians that you know the world uh, will hate him because he's not of the world, and that you know world's gonna hate us if we follow him. But you know, be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. 
Uh, so that's, you know, that, that's something that I keep, I keep in mind that the, and all Christians should, that's really, truly what, I mean, why I'm talking to people and using this platform and other platforms is I think that this moment is best for a couple of things. One, to reinvigorate Christian's faith, to reinvigorate Christian's faith that uh, for people to, whether they haven't been to church um, in a while, whether they, maybe they're not going to, maybe it's pastors or uh, that have been looking towards more world in maybe their churches declining in membership and they're looking to ways to bring people in, but they're forgetting about the word um, and, and trying to be more of the world and trying to bring people into their congregation. Um, and we have to stand fast on the word and also for Christians to joyfully proclaim the gospel to uh, their fellow Christians to help, you know, re- give them more courage. Uh, that's something that's been great for me uh, is the, I said earlier, there's been some hate mail, but there's definitely been a lot of support and I'm human uh, and getting these messages of support just from whether it's family and friends, but really, you know, from uh, the strangers that uh, it's good. It's good to get those. So, uh, and then in combination with proclaiming the gospel to bring non-Christians into the faith. Yes. I, you know, with there's so much political conflict going on these days and cultural conflict. Um, but above and beyond that, and this is a question that I often ask of my guests, and I suspect I know what you're going to say, but above and beyond all that, do you believe that in America today, we are engaged ultimately in spiritual warfare? And and where do you see that happening? If so, where do you see that happening in our culture? What are a couple of ways in which you see evil at work in our country today? Uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> um, that's one place that I see it. And I, I, I do, I, yes, I do agree that we, uh, there's always been, I mean, just almost always been uh, spiritual warfare. Um, and, we, the, uh, the devil is, he's out there and he's real. And a lot of people want to believe that he's, he's not real. Um, but you know, he is, and Christians need to understand that they need to understand also that Jesus Christ is real, that there's, um, that the, the, I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record, but the world does tell us to, mock Jesus that we see all sorts of uh, the, so the other part of like, where's evil happening? It's happening. You know, it's so permeated through um, our culture that when it tells us things that are anti-Christian are good uh, and that things that are Christian are bad and Christians have to, and it's very difficult. Uh, It's very difficult uh, on a day-to-day basis because we very often want to, to fit in, uh, you know, to conform. And there's psychological reasons uh, why people want to do that. But we have to uh, take a, uh, we have to separate ourselves from those more basic uh, uh, instincts uh, that we have and uh, be able to proudly uh, stand tall um, in defense of our faith. Yeah. You had already mentioned before that uh, you had no interest in 
uh, going back into politics, at least as things stand now. But I think that after this controversy and after all of this attention um, that is being focused on you, I think a lot of people are going to see you as a leader of sorts um, and be inspired by you. So have you thought about, and you, you yourself mentioned using, you know, your, your uh, notoriety or fame, however you want to call it, uh, using that as a platform. Have you thought about using this controversy and this attention as a way to launch something bigger that you might like to, to be at the forefront of, or do you just, would you just like to kind of get back to your, your normal life, (laughs) which I would certainly understand. I quite frankly have no idea what the next step is for me. Um, I, um, it, there are a lot of different possibilities. One is uh, being more uh, involved in, you know, Christian advocacy with more grassroots groups. Uh, that's one. Certainly another one would be uh, to, you know, to go back to, you know, status quo of what, nine days ago, 10 days ago. Um, I right now, truly what I'm focused on is the uh, using that example of, you know, standing up to evil um, that, I mean, I'm just, I'm just a man. I'm, I'm just a man, but using the example of what happened up in Iowa as uh, hopefully Christians can look at that and even non-Christians, it, it, it could be more difficult for non-Christians. But um, but it's really the, they, they may not understand, but I would hope that Christians would say, yeah, we shouldn't tolerate evil. It's okay to say the devil is bad. It's okay to say God is great. And that there's a lot of places it's not, you know, uh, there are a lot of places in the world. There are a lot of places in America where Christianity is actively being persecuted uh, in various institutions in, and I'm not talking about war on Christmas stuff in terms of that, like saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, which certainly, I mean, we should be saying Merry Christmas. uh, But the, um, but there's a lot more ways and I want people's eyes to be opened up to the, uh, all of the ways that, that there's anti-Christian, uh, entities working against them in their daily life and to stand up for Jesus. That's what I want. Stand up for Jesus. Well, that's an amazing stand to take in our, our, I don't even call it a secular culture anymore. I call it a neo-pagan culture. We're, we're witnessing, uh, witnessing a kind of a rise in paganism and Satanism. Uh, so for you to take that kind of a stand is a very counterculture and even heroic act. I know you say that, well, I'm just one man. And uh, you're, you exhibit the kind of humility that real heroes have. You know, when, <laughs> uh, you know, when a hero says, I'm no hero, I just did what needed to be done. But that, that actually doing what needs to be done in this kind of situation in our culture is a heroic act. What is the best way for people to keep up with what you're going to do, whatever that may be? Are you a social media guy? People follow you there. <laughs> uh, I, ironically, you know, uh, not. I'm really have not been a social media guy. I still had a uh, an X account that was, you know, I made for the campaign and kind of dual hatted 
Uh, but anyways, that's what blew up. I had, I changed the the handle on it because it, it was a political. It used to be a political handle. Um, and but on, on X is where people can find me, and it's Mike underscore Cassidy underscore M S. And that's uh, in terms of public public statements. I guess this is again a, a, a relatively new thing uh but that's where that's where i you know i talk uh to to the public is on x now great well i really wish you the best and am interested to see what will happen in the future i think you're an impressive guy and i hope that you'll find ways to use this to launch you know something bigger uh for yourself um that will continue to be of an inspiration to other people michael cassidy uh, thanks for taking a stand in defense of God and country. And uh, thanks for making the time to join us today at the Right Take Podcast. Okay, thanks, Mark, for having me on. I appreciate it. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to the Right Take so that you don't miss any of the important conversations we're having here. And remember, if you like what you hear, please leave a positive review. It really helps. Thanks, and see you next time. The Right Take with Mark Tapson is a project of the David Horowitz Freedom Center and Front Page Magazine. Unauthorized reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited.